Welcome to Late of the Rings, a podcast dedicated to Lord of the Rings the card game. My name's John, and here's my co-host, he's got a cave troll, it's Emery. Hi John. <laughs> I think you're meant to say that in a slightly more resigned, but sarcastic and alarmed way. Yeah, but I'm not alarmed, it stood right behind you. <laughs> what? <laughs> Very misunderstood creature. The cave troll. <laughs> you know uh, what? Yeah. In the film, I felt really sorry for the cave troll. Oh, but have I said? Have I mentioned that before? Have we spoken about at the that? point when it gets it's like its voice box cut? Mm, and it, ooh, that bit. Ooh, that's horrible. That's that poor thing. Yeah. I just feel like it's you know a simple pawn in a greater game, and it never really had a chance. <laughs> I felt for the cave troll. What can I say? Were you rooting for it, or did you just feel for it? No, I just felt for it. Okay, good. Yeah. Oh, support the good guys. Yeah, yeah. In Lord of the Rings, I root for the cave troll. <laughs> yeah. Come on, the bad guys. No, no, just the cave troll. Oh, just the cave troll, yeah. 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 <laughs> Actually, I am often quite drawn towards neutral characters in things generally. I'm a big fan of the Ents. Oh, yeah. I like the Ents. I think it's because they're very slow and tree-like so a bit similar to me so i think i can you know connect with them in that way but also i just i don't know i think there's something about that neutrality which is quite you know maybe it's an aloofness as well it's like all this yeah yeah bother is a little bit beneath them you know (laughs) actually you know what it's funny actually that's one thing i noticed and do you remember when the batman films came out the the, um what's the one for joker with christopher the christopher nolan one dark knight the dark Knight. dark knight yeah um I remember before I'd seen the film, it was, it was obviously a massive film, big sort of yeah. cultural phenomenon thing at the time. I remember walking around and I didn't see anybody walking around with like Batman t-shirts, but I saw loads of people walking around with Joker t-shirts. And I noticed that and I thought, hmm, things are changing now. <laughs> it's like in the old days, it was very simple. You root for the good guys yeah. <laughs> against yeah. the bad guys and that's it. And it's kind of struck me, I thought, so people thinking they've got more in common with somebody like the Joker now in 2006 or whatever that year that came out, rather than having something in common with, you know, a billionaire who has a double life. It's like, probably. But it, it could also have something to do with the fact that they printed Joker t-shirts and they didn't print Bruce Wayne t-shirts. You mean it's, it's another facet of a corporate machine? I can't believe it. <laughs> See, my old trap that I fall into of reading way too much into everything has come to the fore again. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, right. Well, how are you? <laughs> I'm, I'm all right. I forgot we had to start the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it hasn't been too long, has it, since we recorded no. last? Hooray! <laughs> Finally getting back into some kind of regularity, which is good after some turbulent times. Um, oh, well, what have I been up to since last time? Well, I've been playing the game a fair bit, which is which is great. So it's the first time I've really got my teeth into the game. I think the same for you as well yep. over the last few few weeks. So that's been great, actually, getting back, uh, getting back into it. Um, apart from that... Not an awful lot, really. <laughs> Just been, yeah, same old stuff. I'm not the COVID situation hasn't changed. So I'm not going to bother doing no, an update. There is no need for an update. Yes, 
Thank God. That, 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 <laughs> no, no more. <laughs> Only if something tumultuous happened. <laughs> um, but uh, no, it's been a pretty regular week, week and a bit, whatever it's been since we last spoke. Done a bit of a uh, bit of home decorating. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, you know, the early little hints of spring are coming through. So, you know, doing all of that stuff. Had a spring clean, doing a bit of decorating, you know, that kind of thing. Sensible, grown-up things. Such an optimist. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, yeah, the spring is a time of optimism. Yeah, no, no, I'm still staring into the winter abyss. <laughs> <laughs> that is your right as, a, as, a, as an Englishman. The rights of spring. <laughs> um, no, but what, yes. what, have I, what have I been up to? Um, I have... Oh, I've, I've been desperately still... Trying to uh, watch everything that's on Disney Plus as the timer ticks down to zero, um, and I watched a Pixar movie which completely passed me by. I think it must have come out uh, during the sort of beginning of the pandemic or something, but because I didn't even know it existed, called Onward. I want to say it's called Onward, um, and I, I hadn't even heard about it before. And I just I just saw it there, and I thought, oh, that that's a good Saturday afternoon. Tea time watching, and it was lovely. I don't have you heard of this one? No, never heard of it. No, exactly. <laughs> so no, but it's it's about um, it's a fantasy film. So it's, it's set in the worlds of um, goblins and elves and things like that, but in a setting that you would recognise. It's in very much our modern day setting, but this is where these guys live, and they go on an adventure. And it's it's kind of it's based on. The ideas of people living out the ideas of going on a quest based on their favourite card and board games. So, ties into the podcast. Okay. Um, but ours would just be Lord of the Rings. Yeah, exactly. We would just reenact Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Some people do that, you know. <laughs> well, we're not going to get involved. Um, but it's a very nice... It's It's classic... Pixar as in it's very pleasant it's very family friendly yet it deals with the subject of loss which is of course Pixar's favorite subject but it does it so brilliantly and it's so heartfelt so I highly recommend you check it I don't want to say too much about it because I think you because you still have Disney plus I'm sure oh yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. you know I was actually counting through all of them and I, I just realized how little I watch any of the things I've got subscriptions <laughs> I need to reevaluate my life. Well, well, that, that's quite extreme. Going through, I have too many subscriptions. Do I need to reevaluate my life? Well, what else is there <laughs> during the pandemic? Yeah. You got your subscriptions, <laughs> you got your food orders, and that's it, right? That's what they say, isn't it? As long as you've got your subscriptions, that's it. <laughs> that's prescriptions. So, <laughs> um, so, so I watched that. So I won't I won't spoil any more about that, but I do recommend it. Um, okay, cool. Yeah, I've not heard of that. Yeah, let's. Yeah, I'll put that on on my ever growing, <laughs> ever growing list. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so aside from uh, the occasional Pixar movie, what else you've been up to? You? Um, yeah, well, not not a lot. Like you say, I've been I have been playing the game, um, and but and in relation to the game. Um, we get a lot of correspondence, and that's great. And I, I'm, keep it coming, guys. We love to hear from you. Um, but one subject has generated more than its fair share of emails. And you're going to hate me for bringing this up, but oh, I, I feel like 
I need to because because it's to do with the escape test. Oh God! <laughs> when does the escape test happen? It's not that, is it? It basically is. So basically, uh, uh, <laughs> John, we we've covered this. No, I, I know, I know, I know. But the thing is, I've had more than several emails about it, and more than several, more than several. <laughs> That many, okay, <laughs> at least. Um, <laughs> and I think because of this, and like I say, thank you. Please do keep writing in. We do love to hear from you. Um, but because of this, I have managed to find all the specific facts, all the different official correspondence about it. So I thought maybe it's wise just to quickly, and I swear it'll be quickly, just clarify. The escape mm. test timing. Mm. Okay, <laughs> I'm starting the stopwatch, John. <laughs> okay, so basically... Because it's not like us to ramble. No, 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 that's a fair <laughs> point. Um, so it, just to jog people's memories, should it require jogging, the escape test is from the hunt for Gollum. No, it's not. <laughs> it's from the Dead Marshes. And it features yes. Gollum. And Gollum... <laughs> You have to perform an escape test because it is written on Gollum's card and it's a forced effect. Um, we're not going to go into what all the escape test is. Go back a couple of episodes and listen or look at the card if you don't know. But the confusing thing was is that this escape test happens, quote, at the end of the quest phase. So the discussion is where exactly is that point and then does that have any implications on other effects which are active until the end of the phase okay so that's the backstory so here's the deal at the end of the quest phase it involves one important fact which is the timing of effect resolutions okay and that is uh, in rules clarification 1.37 which is the timing of effect resolution and it says when resolving multiple effects with a shared condition, players should use this order of resolution. Passive abilities first, forced effects second, response actions third. Okay, that's the important bit. So when anything happens at the same time, passive effects happen first, then forced effects, then responses. Okay, just remember that. So here we are in the quest phase. And this was all around... I've given AOM plus one willpower. I've triggered Faramir to give all my allies and heroes plus one willpower. Is that willpower still active when we get to Gollum's escape test? And I was saying no. And this is the reason why. Going back to that rule clarification, it says when resolving multiple effects with a shared condition. Now the shared condition with Eowyn, Faramir, and Gollum's escape test is at the end of the phase. That's the condition. That's when these things happen. Okay? So you've given Eowyn plus one willpower. You've given all your allies plus one via Faramir. And those boosts are active until the end of the phase. Okay? And those are passive abilities. So those passive abilities have to come to an end before the forced effect of Gollum's escape test triggers because the 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 the, the multiple effects has a shared condition <laughs> that 
Would it would it just have worked if it just said instead of saying at the end of request phase, if it just said after the end of request phase and before travel, duh. Uh, uh, yes, but then it would be a sort of mini phase. So the thing is, it but, happens. But, but that is how we described it before. Yeah, wasn't I it? A know. Mini phase. It is kind of like that. But it's but not that. Okay. <laughs> because <laughs> any effect that you can trigger once per a phase, you could only be able to do it once during the quest phase, and that's where it does happen. So if you treated it as a mini mini phase, you couldn't then trigger that effect again once per a phase. So are we still in the quest phase? We're still point? in the quest phase. So let's say previous. So you trigger Faramir. Yeah, then you're fine. But let's say you triggered Faramir earlier. No, that's what I mean. You've, you've triggered Faramir. Yeah. Previously. Yeah. Okay, then you. Well, either way. Right. Why well, would you not just trigger Faramir? Therefore, just at the very end during the escape test, and then that would also give plus one to all yeah, the you, quests you can. as well. You can absolutely do that, but then you couldn't have done it earlier. Uh, but but what I mean is. If you trigger, if you trigger Faramir's ability at any point yes. in the quest phase, yes, any point, even during the escape test, yes, isn't that going to give everybody plus one? Yeah, no, but um, if you did it before the escape test, then the plus one wouldn't be active during the escape test. Okay, so basically. Faramir can either give plus one to everyone questing or everybody doing the escape test. Yes. Okay. All right. <laughs> okay. And then I'm just going to read this one thing out, which came from Caleb Grace, who's uh, who's um, like the senior designer on um, on Lord of the Rings: Living Card Game up until very recently. And someone asked him this specifically about what would happen if you'd sneak attack Gandalf in during the quest phase. Would Gandalf still be? in play at the point of the escape test because sneak attack um, lasts until the end of the phase and at the end of the phase you have to return that ally back to your hand okay and this is what he said this is it verbatim okay sneak attack creates a passive effect that forces you to return Gandalf to your hand at the end of the round passive effects in Lord of the Rings the living card game are always checking the game state to see if they trigger and resolve instantly when they do. If a passive effect and a forced effect, like Golems, share the same trigger, in this case, the end of the quest phase, the passive effect must be resolved first before the forced effect has the opportunity to resolve. I'm afraid that means Gandalf will be returned to your hand before you resolve the escape test. So Gandalf can never be used to sneak attack or you can never sneak attack someone in to help out with, with, with the escape test. <laughs> I, I the, the Faramir one still gets me there, because what it says on Faramir's card is, action, exhaust Faramir to choose a player. Each character controlled by that player gets plus one willpower until the end of the phase. Right, first thing I'm going to do, the beginning of the quest phase, I'm triggering Faramir. Yeah. Every one of your characters, and I'm going to choose me, yeah. Every one of my characters gets plus one willpower until the end of the phase. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you commit people to the quest, and they'll get plus one. That creates yeah. that creates a passive. So, so no, hold on. Let, 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 let me let me see. Let me see if I've got this. Okay. Let me let, as an as the idiot newcomer guy. <laughs> let's see if I've got this. So Faramir. Yeah. So you trigger that, right? Yeah. That means that everybody commits to the quest. They get plus one. Yeah. You do the quest fine. Yeah. Okay. Now you're coming to the end of the quest phase. Yeah. Okay. So then you have this thing of passive 
forced was it what was it what were the three things passive passive forced response okay so so what is the definition of a passive what what's what's faramir's one it says action exhaust faramir it, choose a player. it gives everyone a passive a passive ability means that there's an ability which is going on which doesn't require a trigger so basically by giving everyone plus one they've all got an extra ability of plus one willpower and that just exists it just exists until it doesn't anymore and there is a trigger for it to stop happening and the trigger for it to stop happening is the end of the phase yeah and because it's a passive ability on everyone, the end of the phase means when that happens, all your passive abilities stop, which are triggered by the end of the phase, and then the forced effect of Gollum also triggers. It's the same trigger. But then how does that work with an action window? So if you've got an action window, yeah. you've already had the end of a quest phase. Yeah. If you trend trigger Faramir at that point, he doesn't do anything. Because there's nothing to stop that pass. There's nothing to make that passive effect stop. Oh, by the actually, way, I hate breaking down these rules. By the way, because then you just go into like psycho pedantic <laughs> rules mode, which is the thing I don't like about the game. <laughs> Does it say till the end of the phase or to yes. the end of the quest phase? The end of a phase. You can do it any phase. Then weirdly, probably, <laughs> don't make me go down this rabbit hole. <laughs> weirdly. If you were to trigger Faramir during the escape test, there is a high chance that people's willpower would last till the end of the travel phase. I mean, it wouldn't do you any good, but I think that's probably what would happen. No, well, what phase are you in at that point? You're not in the travel phase. No, but you're in the... You're in the yeah, but <laughs> you're absolutely right. There is a... <laughs> there's, a there's, there's a gap here. <laughs> there is a gap. Here. Okay, but just... <laughs> I think the way to do it is to figure out which cards can actually do something in each situation. Sneak attack, Faramir, whatever. And then just have a list to see what what does each one do. Anything that you trigger during the quest phase that creates a passive ability that ends at the end of the quest phase will stop before Gollum's escape test triggers. Okay. So you can't use, so what it means is you can't use any special powers at all for the, anything that ends at the end of the phase will not work during the escape test. No, it will. Because the end of the phase has already happened. Well, no, because you're already, you're after it. You see, there's that escape, it's, it's, that's what I've said. Well, you're not after it, you're at the end of it, because you said that Gollum's forced effect, that's still at the end of the quest okay, phase, you're, but you're, you're, just split, you're just doing things in order, right? Yeah, you're doing things in order, but in a way, it's if you like then, it's extending the end of the quest phase. Because it, it is definitely adding an action window, for sure. So let's look at it as a timeline. You've quested, you've boosted people, giving everyone a passive ability. You've got to the end of the quest phase, so the first thing that happens is all your passive abilities come to an end. So no more plus one for anyone. And your sneak attack Gandalf comes back to your hand. Um, then the forced effect of Gollum triggers, which his forced effect is, now do this whole other thing. Okay? So you sort of branch off and go off and do this whole other thing. That's his forced effect. During that forced effect, there is an action window which allows you to play actions. So you could at that point 
boost <laughs> your your guys who are taking part in the escape test. My only and, and Listen, then listener, listener, <laughs> you still with us? <laughs> but then the only thing which then is then becomes a puzzle is when would anything that is till the end of the phase at that point end? Would it end there and then, or would it end actually at the end of the next phase? But please don't get bogged down on that. The point. <laughs> How, that's that's what we've been doing for the last ten minutes. <laughs> Going through a festering bog of rule confusion. <laughs> um, oh my goodness! I don't know. I think what you're saying kind of makes sense. It makes perfect sense. I, I, then, I tried. I thought. I'm, but, I thought do you know what I'm, always gets me about this? Do you, do you, I think this is the one frustration that I have with the game is yeah. how do people know all this? You have to go online and search things. Well, you have to write to the makers of the game and yeah. get emails and all this. I would say. My honest view, and this will be hugely unpopular with loads of people, so if you're offended by this kind of thing, please close your ears or ignore it. I said it. I would say, just play it how it makes sense to you. Oh, no, no, for sure. And it's, and it's, just be done, and, and be happy with that and don't feel any guilt it's or a cooperative like you're doing game. anything you wrong. Sh- you, should, you, should, <laughs> you should enjoy this game however you wish to enjoy it. But I know that a lot of people, I'm, I'm personally, I'm a big stickler to the rules. I mean, the rules are there for a reason. And actually, I like the fact that it makes your brain hurt. But... As we said at the time, this particular effect is a disaster of how they designed it. It's an absolute mess. Um, yeah. That, uh, well, I was going to say there are official rulings. I just read them out, <laughs> but, it's, but they still don't make any sense to me, to my simple brain. Well, I'm this... sure. I'm sure. Is it Caleb? Is that the guy's name? Caleb. Yeah, yeah. Caleb. You know. He sounds like a pretty smart guy. It probably makes perfect sense. And if he was hearing me talk now, he'd just think, you idiot. <laughs> I explained it to you. How are you not getting this? That's probably what he's thinking. So, <laughs> if he was ever to hear my ridiculous conclusions to what he said. <laughs> well, I, I, it, I feel so bad because I thought, well, this is easy. I've written this a good five times now. <laughs> I think this is clear now. And now I think I've made it even messier than it was before. Well... Let's break it down then. No. <laughs> We're done. Kidding. We're done. All right. <laughs> if you use sneak attack, yeah. you can't do it in the quest phase and then have that sneak attack person still around. He goes off. He's he or gone. she goes back yep. before the escape test. Yep. Faramir, likewise, you can use them either to boost everyone in the quest phase or boost everyone in the escape test. Yeah. And then probably similar-ish things for any other cards, which I can't think of off the top of my head that might do something similar. Eowyn. <laughs> Eowyn. Yeah, you can do Eowyn either to boost her in the quest or yeah. in the escape test. Yeah. It's an either or. Basically, you're splitting it into two. They are kind of like mini phases. Yeah. You can't do one thing that goes over both. Yeah. It's one or t'other. Yeah. Take your pick. But they're both in the same phase. Yeah, it, it doesn't matter. You forget that. <laughs> Let's not get bogged down in the words. You, you, you've said the words for logical people. For the idiots like me, not idiots, I beg your pardon. Listen. Anyone who's like me who would think more in terms of, you know, just, well, just tell me what I need to do kind of thing. That's how you treat it if you want to follow the rules. I think you've nailed it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Either I've nailed it or you're just going to patronise me to get me to shut up now. <laughs> No, I genuinely think you nailed it. And I think we can yeah. put it to bed now. Yes. I think. Yes. But 
like I say, I'm going to get more emails. We might get even more. We might get even more. I thought this might close the lid on it. I think I might have opened Pandora's box Wait, again. You know, you know what, John? I think it's helped me. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna, next time I play that, I'm going to know exactly what to do. So let's move on. Moving on. From that quest. <laughs> and let's move on to another quest. Yes. Ah, oh, nice. Nice bridge. Oh, so, okay. <laughs> yes, let's do that. So um, today is a spoiler episode. So we will be discussing a quest. And the quest we'll be discussing is Return to Mirkwood, the final quest in the Shadows of Mirkwood cycle. So if you are trying to avoid spoilers and you haven't played that quest... Um, it's probably best just to skip the rest of this episode. But if you don't mind spoilers or you have played it, we're going to start discussing the final stretch from the first cycle. How exciting is that? It's pretty exciting. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, yeah. Return to Mirkwood. Let's do, do you it. Know what, do you know what I've got with me? Is it the insert? I've got the insert sheet. <laughs> Okay, well, it's 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 a short. It's a, it's a <laughs> thankfully it's a short one. Mercifully, shall I read it through? Oh, please. Okay, <laughs> this is what everyone's been waiting for. Okay, <laughs> return to Mirkwood, difficulty level seven to be discussed. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so after cornering and capturing Gollum in the Dead Marshes, the heroes must now escort the creature north through Mirkwood Forest so that he can be held and interrogated at King. Randwill's Palace. I've said that correctly. I think you have. Um, the journey will not be easy. Oh, the journey will not be easy. <laughs> journey will not be easy. However, <laughs> the journey will not be easy. However, <laughs> Mirkwood is. <laughs> There's so many ways to cut a cookie. I love it. Mirkwood is always a dangerous place. Oh. The Dark Lord's forces are eager to take Gollum for their own purposes. And Gollum himself is eager to escape. Okay, then it just says which uh, cards to play the quest with. And then there's just one extra piece of information, which is about guarding Gollum. Mm-hmm. And it says, during this quest, and there's, there's no spoilers here, but you'll see this on literally card 1A of the quest in a minute. Um, during this quest, players are instructed to guard the Gollum objective card. At the beginning of the game, the players choose one player to guard Gollum, this player places the Gollum objective card in front of him to represent that he is guarding it. Various effects in the encounter and quest deck, as well as the effect on Gollum itself, interact with the player who is guarding Gollum. Itself or himself? You know, it always, it, it, the default seems to be him, even though it should be him, her, whatever. Oh, you know. yeah, no, no, but no. When it, but Gollum's it. Oh. <laughs> no, well, Gollum itself. In in all in all seriousness, uh, because I mean it, it, this is a serious note. Actually, I think with this this game very much defaults to him and his and he when it's talking yeah. about a player. Uh, we discussed this right at the beginning, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think it is a mistake from the designer, but we we do just read the cards verbatim. So, oh yeah, um, it's it it is not of the opinion of Later the Rings. <laughs> <laughs> no, but we just read the cards as they are. But yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, exactly. Okay, uh, but Gollum in, in it, a bit harsh. Yeah. <laughs> um, once a player has guarded Gollum, that player cannot relinquish the responsibility to another player unless card text allows, or in some cases mandates a change. 
The text on the Golem objective itself allows for players to choose a new guard at the end of each game round. We'll see that in a minute. The Golem objective has hit points and it's possible that he'll be destroyed during the quest. If Golem is destroyed or leaves play for any reason, the players have lost the game. Golem cannot be used to attack, defend or commit to a quest. Otherwise, Golem is considered an ally character under the control of the player guarding him. Him. Card effects that <laughs> card effects that affect allies do affect him, and any attachment that can be played on an ally can be played on Gollum. That's ah, what it says. So, see, that's interesting because I'm going to yeah. come to something because I didn't read that insert, and I thought I was being oh so clever with one of my tactics. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> well, that's the end of the insert sheet, so we can move. So we can see what your tactic was shortly. <laughs> okay. So let's move on to the cards. Shall I do the honours? Yeah, please do. Okay, so you get four quest cards here. 1A. Uh, quest card one is called Through the Forest. Um, having captured Gollum, you must now escort him through Mirkwood Forest for interrogation at Thranduil's palace. Set up. Search the encounter deck for Gollum. Choose a player to guard Gollum at the start of the game and place Gollum in front of that player. Then shuffle the encounter deck, reveal one card per player from the encounter deck and add it to the staging area. Okay. Okay. So is this a good time to yeah, have a so look at the Gollum card? Yeah, or? so we find Gollum out of the encounter deck and we, we chuck him in front of the... Uh, well, we choose a player. Now, uh, we, we should say that um, there's a lot in this quest about um, choosing a player to guard Gollum and uh, you'll see the effects on Gollum in a second. And there is a lot which immediately becomes apparent that it would change between playing a single-player solo game and a two-player game. So for this uh, replay that myself and Em did, we did play both solo and we did play a two-player game as well. So I think when we're talking about the quest, we will jump backwards and forwards between our experiences. But um, yeah, so we take Gollum out of the encounter deck and we pick a player to guard him. And Gollum says this, Em. Say <laughs> so he's a creature. It. And it. <laughs> Gollum's unique, obviously. Um, it's not given willpower an attack or defense score. So it's not zero. It's not naught. It's no. just, there's just a dash. It just doesn't exist. No. And five hit points, as was described on the sheet. Um, damage from undefended attacks against you must be dealt to Gollum. So whoever's got the Gollum objective, any undefended attacks, that's going straight on to Mr. Gollum here. If Gollum is destroyed or if the player guarding Gollum is eliminated, the players have lost the game. Okay. Doesn't seem too bad. Mm-hmm. Forced. At the end of each round, raise the threat of the player guarding Gollum by three. Aye, aye, aye. By three. Then, that player may choose a new player to guard Gollum. Yeah. So you can straight away see there that your threat is going to go up pretty rapidly when you've got Gollum. Yeah, and and this is why I wanted to immediately say that we wanted to test this playing solo and test it in two-player. Because immediately, if you're playing solo, the first thing you think is... What? My threat is going to go up by four every round. And I have no way of getting around that. Uh, I mean, obviously, you have ways of reducing your own threat, but you have no ways of getting around that by getting rid of Gollum, which immediately becomes apparent if you're playing a two player game that you can go, My threat's getting high. You're taking him. <laughs> Sorry. You. You're taking it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. Yeah. 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 It was very different. 
experience in some ways, wasn't it? Between one, two, pack. Oh yeah, no, completely, completely. And I, and I think this is something we should consider doing more um, when we see these quests, which you can see the way they're designed is a little bit more skewed towards multiplayer. Then I think we should definitely, uh, definitely make an effort to play two player because I think it does change the way you look at the quest for sure. Because like I say, the first you don't even have to turn over quest card one at this stage. You just know my threat is going up by four. Okay. I've got four quest cards. All I need to do is get through this thing because I am not going to have very many rounds. So you already know your your strategy straight off the bat in a solo game. Yeah, quite. But let's but saying that, let's flip over the card. Okay, so you flip it over, 1B, through the forest. You see straight away that you need 12 uh, progress tokens to get through this. Uh, and there's no special instruction there. Just a bit of text that says, Mirkwood is always a dangerous place, but it's even worse with Gollum. (laughs) (laughs) You see that on the sign. Welcome to Mirkwood. It's even worse with Gollum. (laughs) There's another sign which says, Welcome to Mirkwood. Even better without Gollum. (laughs) Calf up. Calf? Cup half full. Calf. Calf up. No. Anyway. Between the outburst tantrums and the f- and the flying provisions, yes, weren't they an eighties band? <laughs> they should have been. I was flying pickets, flying pickets. Between the outburst tantrums and flying provisions, you are not afforded a moment's peace. Sounds like a nightmare. So that's your first quest card. It's, yeah, but right, a couple of things to say straight away about this. One. I love the fact that this cycle ends with us returning to Mirkwood. Quite literally, it's the name of the quest. Yeah. Um, it's just a beautiful bookend from that moment when you picked up the corset and you played that introductory quest, A Passage Through Mirkwood. And, you know, we've talked about, talked about that first quest, that it, it's not just a walk in the park or forest. <laughs> but it's, um, you know, there are some nasty beasties in there and it does teach you the game. And the fact that this cycle comes back round, and I think actually also, if you remember the flavor text right on that first card, it was King Thranduil was sending us out with a message for Lady Gladriel. You know, yeah. it really, really does all tie back together that, and it closes off this cycle that you have to go back through the forest with everything that you've learned <laughs> and a bigger party because you, you, you have all your new player cards now. Um, and it just ramps up the difficulty. I'm just going to say this straight away. This quest is tough. They've gone, yeah, but Mirkwood was fun, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, 13 months of day. <laughs> probably, probably. Do you know what? It probably is for me. That's, that is, that's amazing. It probably is around 13 months ago I properly started playing this game on, on, on my own. It's meant to be. There you, there you go. There you it's go. Yeah, well, 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 let's come back to the difficulty. Because I had yeah. some, not strange, I had some uh, very differing experiences of this quest. But yeah, let's, we'll maybe discuss that at the end. Um, but yes, but this card, yeah, this is just, you need 12 to get through it. You don't know what's coming next. You yeah. want to try and get through it. Well, should we talk about some of the things which are coming next? In the, terms of... The encounters. The, oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Because you say, oh, it's nothing to it. Just 12. Just 12 progress. A mere 12. <laughs> I mean, because, I mean, this quest mixes in, obviously, the uh, encounter cards, which are from um, Return to Mirkwood, but also two 
killer sets from the core set. I mean, walking around this forest, you might come across a marsh adder. Sure, you might come across a hill troll. And don't get me started about the wags. <laughs> you and your wags. <laughs> yeah, there are some horrible beasts in this. There's a couple of all right ones, but there are a couple. <sighs> yeah, but of course, I mean, if you can't talk about Mirkwood without mentioning spiders. True. And, you know, they started out the whole game with a big boss of Ungoliant Spawn. Ungoliant Spawn, in return to Mirkwood, is just something, oh yeah, well, it's just Ungoliant Spawn. Dealt with that. That's nothing compared to what else is hiding out there. You know what? That is a great point. That's a really good point because when you play, yeah, the, the first quest, yeah, when you first when you first think, you think, how how am I going to defeat Ungoliant Spawn? You know, you have to come up with loads of ways to, you have to cook up some ways to defeat it. You know, and it can really, it can be a really tricky part. Yeah. Of, of of a game and you're right you have gained all that experience you've got some you, you know more knowledge of the game you've got some more cards probably you know what you're doing a bit more and it, it actually that's a really good barometer for yeah how far you've come because you're right i'm going to spawn it's still a nasty it's nasty uh, enemy but you don't think oh god it's game over no and there are two hill trolls in there as well which you well actually which, which can be game over which can be game over and i think that's an important <laughs> point about this quest is it's very much about maintaining your threat level because let's just talk about it as a, from a solo perspective to start with your threat is going up by four every round so if you have any uh encounter cards which are going to increase that threat more and the hill troll is one of those uh, just a reminder that if any damage beyond the hit points of a character who's defending the hill troll has to be added to your threat so you just cannot afford anything to increase your threat more than uh more than you're already coping with yeah i i came a cropper of this on one of the games which i'd completely forgotten that effect and i think i had a, a snowborn scout one defense, one hit point. <laughs> I chucked him onto the bus and suddenly threat's gone up by four. Yeah. Because the hill troll hits for six and I've, I'd forgotten. I thought, oh God, okay, that's a couple of those. <laughs> that's the end of the game. That's the end of that then. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so, so I think, yeah, that hill troll, I mean, did we want to dive into the enemies now? Yeah, or? sure, sure. Let's dot around. That's good. Okay. So, so yeah, I think, well, I, I, talking to spiders, I think there was one which you particularly wanted to mention then. Uh, <laughs> After we we spoke of Ungoliant Spawn. Well, well, there's two other spiders. It's the return of the king spider, who we've seen before. Yeah. Who, let's face it, nowadays, that's just like yeah. you're having a small house spider, which you need to get rid of with your slipper. <laughs> yeah. King. King. <laughs> but I'll let you read out the, uh, oh. the, other, the other lady. <laughs> well, yeah, this is the uh, our new bad spider which comes with the return to Mirkwood set and it is Atacop Atacop Baker's, Baker's man, man. <laughs> <laughs> we can't be the only people no, to no, have that no, no. <laughs> um, which I believe is a reference to the Hobbit but I'm I didn't look it up it does ring a bell yeah, yeah it does. well actually, I tell you what I said I didn't look it up it's written on the card <laughs> So I'm just going to oh, jump, yeah. I'll just jump straight to the quote. It says, Atacop, Atacop, won't you stop? Bilbo Baggins, The Hobbit. I don't know if that's just referring to who he is. Yeah, but, yeah. 
That's how he signs his name. <laughs> okay, so look, Attico Batacop, it's an enemy. And it has an engagement of 44. Ah, oh, it's nice and high. I mean, we know our threat is going up and up and up, but you can definitely keep this guy in the staging area for a while. So that's at least something. So um, engagement cost of 44. It's got threat of two. Hits for eight. Oh my God. Yeah, you definitely do not want to be engaging this guy. Defense of four and six hit points. So tough, tough spider. Okay, it's a creature. And it's, it's a creature and it's a spider and it has a forced effect. Oh no. <laughs> At the beginning of the encounter phase, Atacop, Atacop automatically engages the player guarding Gollum, regardless of his threat. Ouch. Stony, stony <laughs> so, silence. So one player. <laughs> in solo, forget that 44. In fact, yeah. in multiplayer, forget that 44. It's just coming. Yeah, It might as well have an engagement cost of 50. It doesn't matter. Because yeah. it's just coming for you. If you've got Gollum in front of you, it's coming for you. And that's actually an important distinction that you can bounce Atacop, Atacop around the table by moving Gollum. So if you move Gollum at the end of the round, Atacop, Atacop will then slide across the table when you get to the beginning of the combat phase. But it's certainly never staying in the staging area. <laughs> no. and it should be worth pointing out I think we both had this experience and I think we saw this in two player as well one time if you get this off the bat first one off off the encounter deck oh my god and you haven't got any resource to get any allies out or anything you're, you know, you've lost a hero basically from the first go and yeah. you're probably going to lose another one next go because you're going to get one less resource to spend so yeah seeing, seeing this guy or, or lady I should say um, they're, they're all ladies, aren't they? You well, said before. I, the I think Didn't you so. say that before? Yeah, no, I did say that, but uh, you know, based on nothing. <laughs> <laughs> no, based, but, no, based on ba- Shelob. Ba- yeah, no, well, no, no, based on the writings of uh, like Ungoliant and Ungoliant Spawn, and then well, the named Ungoliant Spawn is Shelob. Um, in Tolkien's work, spiders are nearly always referred to as she. So that's what I'm going by. So Okay. So she Yeah, she's just she's just horrible. I mean, yeah, even if you even if you've got a strong handout, you I mean you can well we saw this in the two player, didn't we, when I had a little bit I was a little bit stronger on the fighting yeah. than you were. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. managed to get rid of did manage to chuck a couple under the bus uh, for Atacop Atacop and managed to take her down. Uh, but we'll, I guess we'll come to the what cards we use, etc. A bit sure. later. But yeah, horrible, horrible, nasty enemy. You don't want to see this one early on, or preferably not at all. Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> but there's loads of them as well, isn't there? For at, at least three. <laughs> we found. <out. laughs> um, no, but but what is important to note though is that it has a threat of two, but it's not staying in the staging area. So it's only going to be in the staging area for that once it's revealed it'll only be there for that exact time and then it's coming at you um so i think what's important to note then is that there are 12 progress to get past this first card but there isn't much which is from an enemy perspective which is going to contribute threat that nearly all comes from the locations and there are a lot of locations apart from is this it is worth just remembering on ongolian spawn so even though we don't think it's as harsh as it used to be it still hits for five 
and still has nine hit points. They're still <laughs> brutal enemies. But also, this can stitch you up on this particular quest because that one has got a threat of three. Oh, wow. But also, and... don't forget it's when revealed effect, <laughs> which is each character currently committed to the quest gets minus one willpower until the end of the phase. So suddenly you've got three threat up there, plus you're minusing one from all the characters you've got there. So yeah. suddenly your yeah. threat can... you can. Fa- uh, Fail questing and your threat can go up, blah, 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 and that suddenly puts you out of control. Yeah, yeah. So, but worth bearing in mind, you don't really want to see Ungoliant Sport either. Even it's not as harsh as Atacopatacop, but it's still a horrible enemy. <laughs> but that's such a statement. You don't really want to see Ungoliant Spawn. No, no, no. I'll, I'll second <laughs> no, yeah. that. Um, <laughs> but I would say actually that I mean we're going to dot around. I think, but um, in your deck, you absolutely need cancellation. You cannot go into this quest without cancellation. There are so many one revealed effects, which uh, that one, for instance, can really stitch you up. The treacheries will come on to, I think, in a minute, when I want to talk about the theme, the golem theme, because they are all golden. Yeah. But let's just say, do you want to talk about any of the locations, by the way? I didn't actually highlight many of them. I mean... Yeah, so I think... um, So it's interesting that how much of... How many of the cards on the locations are to do with multiplayer actually yeah yeah. and i think maybe all of them but so so what have we got we've got um the spider's ring yeah that's quite a nasty one it's because it's got a threat of three so it's pretty that's a pretty nasty one on this kind of quest to have in a staging area you only require two to get through it and it's a forest location but it says while the spider's ring is the active location the player guarding golem cannot change yeah so, so there you've you got go. to really bear that in mind. So if you want to travel there and get rid of that three out of the staging area, you've really got to plan and manage what you're doing with Gollum. Uh, otherwise, you can just suddenly go bop, bop, bop and yeah. get knocked out very quickly. Oh, that's beautifully thematic as well, isn't it? You're in oh, the spider's stuck in a web. So you're stuck. The <laughs> webs are around you. You've got to keep hold of Gollum. You've got to keep hold of him and get through there. So only you can get through there. And then once you're through the spider's ring, you can chuck it elsewhere <laughs> awesome we'll chuck it elsewhere hey which brings us onto the wood elf path i'll just read this one quickly as well this one's only got a threat of one you require three to go through i i, I love the artwork here again light through murky forest <laughs> sucker for it uh response after the players travel to Wood Elf Path, the player guarding Gollum may choose a new player to guard him. Yeah. So this one's actually got quite a decent effect. Yeah. Um, and why this is important is on Gollum's card, it says at the end of each round, raise the threat, but then also you can pass it to another player. But you have to raise your threat by three, well, probably four, yeah. until you pass it across. So this can allow you in the middle of a round to pass yeah. it across. So if you did have something like the Spider's Ring, which prevented you from doing it, and you successfully quested through that, you could then travel to the Wood Elf Path and then pass across Gollum. Yeah, and yeah. And that, and that can be vital. I mean, I mean, the thing is with these locations, I I mean, I played we played it twice together, but I played the majority of the time solo. And I found that the locations, their effects didn't really affect me because they ne- they're nearly all about multiplayer, like you say. But there is enough threat being placed in that staging area that you could they can really stitch you up if you can't quest enough to get through them and uh get in and out of locations i mean actually i'll tell you what was really useful for me in my deck was i i was playing with uh both strider's path from lore 
and the West Road Traveller from Spirit, both of which, in slightly different ways, allow you to swap out locations, uh, either ones which are in the staging area or when revealed, and bypasses any uh, travel effects. And that was really useful. Um, because, I mean, well, they're, they're, I think the Brownlands are in this uh, set, aren't they? Which that has a threat of five, but only takes one progress to get through it. Um, so if that got revealed, you could immediately just bounce that straight out of the... Uh, Oh, that's super, super useful for yeah. that. Yeah, it's got the Brownlands and the East Bite, which is kind of like the opposite, the opposite. Of, the, of, yeah. of, of that, which has only got one threat, but takes six to go through. And you have to travel there. And you have to travel there. So again, that can be useful to swap that out. Oh, that's what I was doing, actually. That's that's a very good point. That's Because you have to travel there. So that would go into the uh, the active location. And then if another location gets revealed the next... Uh, the next round i would just play strider's path and swap the spike back into the staging area uh which would would move the when revealed location as the active location so it would bypass any travel effects if there were any but also more importantly just put that one threat back into the staging area so yeah that yeah. was an invaluable card and it was really interesting how different it kind of worked out in two player than it did in one player. So, for example, East Bites in one player, yes, you can manage it for something like that. I didn't have Law. I had a Leadership and Spirit deck. Um, so that was focused on sort of reducing threat and questing a couple of other bits and bobs. But so something like um, the East Bite wasn't uh, a huge... Um, yeah. yeah, okay, it might delay you maybe one more rounds which you've got to manage but that was it but in two player because you've got to you're getting more enemies out and i was a little bit more focused because i had two um, leadership heroes a little bit more focused on having to fight suddenly the east bite became a real problem yeah uh so it was really interesting to see how the different dynamics played out where using the same kind of cards but just because you've got two players you get the extra card out every time um, yeah, it was really yeah. It was, oh, I mean, it was that, really fun to do that actually. That first time we played, we basically had about what sort of six locations in the staging area within <laughs> about the first two rounds. It was like okay, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it got crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, like I said, I do want to discuss the um, the treacheries, but I think let's let's move on to the next card and sort of see how the um, how the quest sort of pans out and how that kind of affects your strategy a little bit of how you get through the game. Sure. Um, just before we do that, should I just read the other two new locations? If you want to, if you think they're valid. Yeah, I, I think so. Because well, there's one which is the Woodman's Glade. Okay, which has um, got a threat of two. Only takes two to go through. It looks very nice. Some, um, <laughs> it looks very glade-like. It's mm. like this, this sun is shining through shafts of light onto this uh, kind of hut in the forest. Um, and the travel effect is the player guarding golem must exhaust a hero he controls to travel there. So that's... Oh, yeah. That's Bypass that if you can. But, but the response is, after exploring Woodman's Glade, reduce the threat of each player not guarding Gollum by two. So if you're playing solo, you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. Yeah. So, well, yeah. So when I played... So in my deck, I had a couple of the old staples, Lorien Guide, Northern Tracker. And playing solo, it was quite tricky, especially for Tracker, to get him out because he costs four. Yeah. And you have to go through this quest quickly and you have to be spending your resource on some other things. It was really hard to save up to yeah. get them out. 
In two-player, Northern Tracker became absolutely invaluable and was so useful, and as was Loring Guide, actually. Um, and this one, for example, Wood, Woodman's Glade, you could just leave it in the staging area and not have to exhaust a hero just for a couple of rounds if you've got a tracker, but then you get for benefit of response of, of the yeah. explored location. So, you know, that was um yeah, interesting in to see so in solo that is so painful that like well no, yeah i mean it's, it's, yeah, that's what i mean so in solo it was that was only yeah. really possible in two player much more so than in solo yeah. which is kind of counterintuitive when you think about it but <laughs> but that, that's the reality of it that's, yeah, that's why yeah. it's so interesting to see it in two player yeah uh, have a dynamic change there all right well let's say let's say you do manage to get through all these nasty locations and yeah i mean i i try to brush off these enemies but there are some nasty ones out there but let's say you do manage to get your 12 progress onto this first card without threatening out <laughs> see you think you, you're listening to this thinking well that's easy enough it's like no your threat's going up by four every time yeah, at least <laughs> Yes, at minimum. <laughs> so the, I mean, the number of times I didn't get off this first card is well, it's 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 a lot. So let's say we do get through <laughs> and we get to stage two. What does it say? Okay, stage two, two eight. Okay, now don't be disheartened, listener. It's called escape attempt. <laughs> don't worry, it's something different. Don't please don't turn off. Stay on. Okay. Escape attempt. <laughs> it says, Don't write as it. soon as he, <laughs> as soon as he thinks that no one is watching, Gollum attempts to slip his bonds and escape. And there's a picture of him holding the rope and biting it, and also holding his foot to get his foot close because his his foot and his hand is obviously bound. He's trying to mm. bite it off. Ah, it's a very Gollumy kind of thing to do. Anyway, you flip that over. You see, you only require three to ah, get through this piece of cake. But what it says, the player guarding Gollum cannot commit characters to this quest. Brackets, unless, or what do our American pals say? Parentheses. Let's not get involved. No, no, it's fine. I'm just I'm <laughs> spreading the, you know, I've got nothing against that. I like the nuance in the different uh, dialects. It's oh, no, 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 no. I, I've got nothing against Americanisms. It's just, there's a chance you're wrong. <laughs> Oh, that, that's true. I've made terrible assumptions on this podcast before. Okay, brackets. <laughs> Unless he is... Okay, let me read that again. So if a player guarding Gollum cannot commit characters to this quest unless he is the only player remaining in the game. So if you're playing solo, you obviously are. So this doesn't really apply to you. Uh, me? It is important. <laughs> yes, if you are playing solo. Oh, correct, okay, yes. yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Glad we cleared that up. It's very specific. Uh, but uh, yes, <laughs> but then it does say if a player's quest unsuccessfully, Gollum escapes and the players have lost the game. Simple as that. Yeah. So when you're playing one player, this doesn't actually make that much difference. It's really con a continuation of your previous one. You just got a quest for another free, but you just can't fail the quest. Apart from that, it's the same. You're yeah. in the same situation. Uh, do you know what happened the first time I played this? You failed questing. <laughs> I was fine. <laughs> I was questing along fine. I went, oh, this one, easy enough. I basically had all the thoughts you just vocalized. First card off the deck for that questing round, Brownlands. Threat of five, ah. couldn't get through it. <laughs> Gollum escaped. <laughs> so long, sucker. Yeah, so there you go. The old rascal. <laughs> the villain. The old villain. <laughs> 
but two player, then woe betide, this is a whole different dynamic again. Yeah, so yeah. when we're playing two player again, we had to, we had we knew this was coming by the obviously yeah. we'd played it a few times and we did not succeed on our first go when we played two player. No. Um, no. But uh, we obviously you know it's coming, so you've got to plan for it a bit. And in, well, interesting to see how the further cards develop yeah, on yeah, this as yeah. well. So yeah. okay, well, let's say we do get through it because actually it's not that yeah. difficult because you can you, especially if you know it's coming. I mean, that first go, I was uh, flummoxed by it, but yeah, there you go. <laughs> okay, and then so quest card three then, a free uh, is called to the Elven King's Halls. Oh, I love this. It's that's so, I love it's so evocative. It's so evocative. Everything about this is evocative. The artwork is evocative. You know what? This is one of the rare occasions where, you know how on the quest cards it's got like the muted monochrome yep. on one side and it's got the color version on the other. Yeah. This is one of the few occasions where I think the monochrome one is possibly even more powerful than the color one. It's amazing. I love it's the It's co- absolutely love the amazing. Yeah. In fact, it's funny you should say that because I was just looking at the card as you were talking. I was going, oh, I've got it turned over. I've got it the wrong side facing up. I haven't. I just love that side 3A. It's like, it, it's so, it's, it's beautiful. Yeah, it really, it really works. It just, yeah, it really works. Even more so than the color one, which is also great. But yeah, that's a, that's a cracker. <laughs> <laughs> um, and who, who's done this one? Oh, goodness. My eyesight's failing me. Timo Carbula. Let's not go there. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. I'm going to make another wrong assumption here. I'm not going to play Guess for Nationality. <laughs> After the last debacle I got myself into. But uh, but Timo? Oh, That's Carbula, isn't it? Not Carhula. I can't read that. Have you seen my eyes? It says Timo. So <laughs> Timo, that is great. If you're listening, that is fantastic work, Timo. Okay. Have you seen my eyes? <laughs> if only you could see what I've seen with your eyes. <laughs> hmm. If you could... It's, it's, yeah, it's all gone a bit Matrix. It's from Blade Runner. It's one of the most beautiful quotes. Oh, of course. It, if, ah. only, if only you could see what I have seen with your eyes. Oh. If only you could see what I have seen. Which bit's that from? It's when Rutger Hauer, uh, Roy, meets... Not too many spoilers, but yeah, meets... <laughs> meets the guy oh, who meets the guy quite in, literally yes. made yeah. his eyes. Yes, yes. Okay, yeah. Now <laughs> I recall. Oh, what a scene, what a scene, what a film. Let's not go down that route. If anyone hasn't seen Blade Runner, watch Blade Runner. <laughs> and if anyone hasn't listened to the Blade Runner soundtrack, listen to the Blade Runner soundtrack. That's my advice for, for people today. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? I think that's the best advice you've given for many a year. Yeah. And then, of course, then the question is, which version of Blade Runner? Oh, God. <laughs> okay. That... The director's cut or the final cut? One of those two. That's it. Yeah. None of the others. Yeah. yeah. They'll do. Yeah. Either one of those will do. Although I do have a soft spot for the original because I grew up with it. It's fine. Right, move on. No, no, no. no. <laughs> it's still good. It's still great. If you're going to watch it, watch a director's cut or a final cut. That's what Yes. I'm... In fact, yeah? the best way to watch it is to work backwards. Watch no, no, the final cut. No, just watch one. <laughs> watch the final cut. <laughs> you don't have to watch four of them. <laughs> Realise it's incredible. It's just brilliant. And then if you're really into filmmaking and the history of film, see where it started and oh i said we shouldn't talk about it let's move on see but you say that but it's it's a cracker again i've used that word twice (laughs) um it's for me i'm a big philip k dick fan me too and blade runner in a weird way 
it's not some of the themes are fantastic the story is actually not what the film's about in my opinion no of course not the story is a fairly <laughs> basic one it's just very thematic yeah but just as a work of cinema it's just one it's of a masterpiece the most amazing places to be for a couple of hours it's insanely good yeah it's possibly my favorite film of all time <sighs> Dun, dun, dun. On okay, this e- is why you on, didn't want to go there. On any given Sunday. That's not my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> on any given Sunday. Al Pacino one. When he's, when he's a football coach. That's a good film. Good film. Yeah, it is yeah. a good film. No, but, but seriously, I mean, I, d- I absolutely love it. But of course, my favorite film changes with my mood. And as should everybody's, you should never have a definitive favorite film of all time. Well, do you know what I think? separates for real masterful ones this comes from music and everything whilst you're watching it or whilst you're listening to it whatever it is you're doing if at that point you think this is the best ever yeah then it's in that kind of top level it's got it's in it's in that bracket if it makes you feel like that it's in that bracket (laughs) stroke parenthesis i can't say that word (laughs) that's why you didn't want to go there (laughs) (laughs) okay so we like the artwork good work timo good work timo um so Back to Lord of Rings World, it says, having thwarted Gollum's escape attempt, you yeah. tighten his rope and push on through Mirkwood to Thranduil's palace. Okay, so you flip that over and you see that you require seven to get through here. There's only one small sentence on the text and it says, very simply, the player guarding Gollum cannot play cards from his hand. Good grief. So, so... <laughs> Here, when we played two player, like the previous one, yeah, you well, in fact, this one particularly, we had to really be tactical about what was going on. We had to be aware of what each other was doing, we had to talk more, and we had to really plan this out. Yeah, when you're playing one player, you just can't play any cards, and that's it. And that is an absolute stitch up. So, you've got to make sure that you're ready before you get to this card. Yeah. to get through the seven quest and survive whatever's out there yeah. and hope you're not going to get something to absolutely stitch you up off the encounter deck. Yeah, or if you're me and you play it for the first time, or rather get to this card for the first time, because the first time I played it, I didn't get off stage one. <laughs> actually, the first three times I didn't yeah. get off stage one. <laughs> then I sailed through stage one and stage two and got completely surprised by this card because it was the first time I'd seen it for years. First card off the deck... Atacop, Atacop. <laughs> I had no ready allies at all. Oh, goodness. Yeah. Oh, Gollum. <laughs> no, so I had to sacrifice Bilbo or Denethor. Um, How? They weren't ready. No, I had no ready allies. Oh, no so ready I, allies. I, I, yeah, so I couldn't sacrifice a uh, an ally, basically, for Atacop. I had to kill a hero. <laughs> because... I couldn't do it undefended because it would kill Gollum. Yeah. So yeah, uh, basically two more rounds and everyone was dead <laughs> because I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't play any cards out of my hand to stop, stop him. You can't cancel anything. You can't do anything. It's, it's, can't do yeah. anything. So you've got to make sure. So be prepared. <laughs> Lord Baden Powell, you've got to <laughs> dip, dip and all that, whatever he said. And yeah, you've got to, yeah, you've got to, so first time you play it, yes, that's an absolute stitch up. But obviously, once you've done it once, you know it's there. Yeah. Make sure you plan for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, the, the fact that you can't play any more allies out is one thing. The fact that you 
can't cancel anything is something else. Yeah. You know, so, you know, if you get a treachery out oh, at this point, it, oh. which is going to be just sod's law, and, you know, that could put you, that could, that could just lose you the game. Like well, straight, straight I think, away. Well, is it time then? Is it time? I've got them in my hand. Please tell me it's time. We've got, can we go through some of these treacheries? It's time for treachery. Oh my <laughs> goodness. I mean, we, we, won't, we won't go through the treacheries that you've already seen because there are some pretty nasty ones from the old sets anyway. But there are some treacheries and, and they are all, by the way, beautifully thematic about Gollum just being, well, a villain. Annoying. Annoying, <laughs> mischievous villain. Um, all the orcs in Mordor are going to hear us. <laughs> yeah. So, so It's so, like that, isn't it? So if you go back to, um, to, well, to the insert or to uh, Quest Card 1B, where it says, between the outburst tantrums and the flying provisions, you are not afforded a moment's peace. And that's basically represented with these treacheries, is Gollum causing chaos. So I'm going to go straight in for the big guns, because this one <laughs> is just insane. This is Gollum's anguish. And it's a treachery. And it's a type tantrum. That's a great type. Isn't it? <laughs> it's, it's not quite item. <laughs> it's up there. Uh, tantrum. <laughs> and it says this. When revealed, raise the threat of the player guarding Gollum by eight. 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 <laughs> that player must choose a new player to guard Gollum if able. Um, now... Of course, I mean, the first few times I was playing solo, so I am the only person guarding Gollum. An increase of eight is... I mean, you just literally have to cancel it. Uh, I mean, I'll tell you a a quick story um, regarding this card. And this this is my second game. Now, my deck started out with a starting threat of 26... 26! I, I mean, I Pretty knew... You, yeah, you need to start with a low starting threat. Your threat's going up by four every time. You need to keep your threat low. I threaded out in two rounds. <laughs> in two rounds? From 26? Yeah. This so you, is, okay, all right. I, I, I'll quickly go through it. It won't take me long. So round one. Uh, at the beginning, you may remember Crest Card 1A, you have to reveal a card from the deck before you even get started. Um... I there was a king spider I think um, and then in the first round of questing Mirkwood bats came out they surged into a location I traveled to the location um, so basically by the combat phase of round one I was engaged with the king spider and the Mirkwood bats okay that's not too bad well well actually you don't want enemies at the beginning no you don't want them at the beginning so I was forced to take an undefended attack Okay, so I chose the Mirkwood Bats. Um, they only hit for one. I don't even know if think we discussed the Mirkwood Bats. They're, they're new for this set as well. They are. I've got them right here. Okay, do you want to just quickly say what the Bats do? Yeah, they, they got an engagement cost of 22. Yeah, that was coming for me. Threat of one. Hit for one. Defend for one. Hit points, one. Surge, as you say, they're cr- a creature forced... After Mirkwood Bats engage a player, deal one damage to each character controlled by the player guarding Gollum. Now that can be a really nasty effect, especially if you've got someone like Bilbo, as you said, in your, uh, yeah, it, it, you know, you've got Hobbit, then you've got a couple of hit points. Yeah, nasty. 
yeah, so these guys come out, and when they engage, they deal one damage. That includes Gollum, by the way, because that uh, character is now... Uh, you're now controlling that character, of course. Um, okay, so that's the bat and the king spider. So they both came to me. I had to do an undefended attack because I quested with two of my heroes. I don't think I had any allies out. Um, the Merkwood bats only hits for one. The shadow on the Merkwood bats was on Goliant spawn. Okay? Its regular shadow, if you remember, is raise the defending player's threat by four. <laughs> <laughs> the undefended shadow in brackets raise your threat by eight. <laughs> oh my goodness i had no cancellation for the shadows so my threat is now at 34 at that stage okay i didn't have any way of attacking those uh those enemies the round came to an end uh, I decided I had to get rid of those enemies. I gambled on not committing anyone to the quest. I thought I just gonna, I just need. But you, but you've raised your threat by another. Oh, four I've raised my threat by, by another four, so I'm at thirty-eight now. Yeah. Um. So I gambled on not committing anyone to the quest. The next card of the deck, it's like, please be a treachery, please be a treachery, please be. A treachery. I can't let my uh, threat go up. Scotland's anguish. <laughs> Forty-six. <laughs> Threat up by another eight, up to 46. Oh, game over. Yeah, end of the round, <laughs> game over. <laughs> Thanks for playing. <laughs> Insert one quarter to continue. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> my goodness. Yeah, so I've got a special, place in my, special place in my heart for Gollum's anguish there. God, 26. He had two plus eight. That's brutal, to be fair. Yeah. yeah. He went up 12 both rounds. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay, well, yeah, so that's a very, very nasty uh, treachery. Do you want to grab one of the other? I mean, there's two more, and they're both horrendous. Well, the one that's really horrendous, in my opinion, is uh, Gollum's Bite. Oh, yeah. Which is another tantrum. It's Gollum looking like he's tucking into someone's arm, but kind of looking at you while he's doing it, like he's eyeing you up next for a little munch. Yeah, I wish this was your arm. It might Actually, it might be your arm. This might be a point-of-view shot, to be honest. Hang on. Yeah, that's possible. Could be. <laughs> You're checking, you're checking where the fun was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and when revealed, deal four damage to a hero controlled by the player guarding Gollum. That player must choose a new player to guard Gollum a fable. Four. Yeah. So For me, that was a dead hero. It's a, it's a dead hero for most heroes. Yeah. Right? That's the kind of thing, though, that the Merkwood Bats can actually absolutely stitch you up. Because they've added... So let's say I had Aragorn. If I engage the bats, he gets one on him. Then if you get Gollum's Bite, you either lose one of your other heroes or you lose Aragorn. So you're guaranteed, even with a hero five, you get one damage through a Mirkwood Bat or something. Again, you're guaranteed losing a hero. Yeah. It's very hard to survive with all your heroes intact if you get Gollum's Bite at some point. So it's, it's yeah, again, that one and Gollum's Anguish are real I, I, potential game enders. <laughs> I, just made, I just made a note on Gollum's Bite. It just simply says Gollum's Bite... Must be cancelled. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> Did you make a note on the card? Is that what it says in pen? Yes. <laughs> Must be cancelled. So you never forget. It should be, um, can I just um, point out the last new location, which we haven't discussed yet? 
Oh, yeah, so I think sure. it's probably a good place. to. There's another location called Dry Watercourse, which doesn't seem that bad when you look at it. It's got a threat of two, and you need two to get through it. Um, it's forest. And the text says, While Dry Watercourse is the active location, all treachery card effects that target the player guarding Gollum also target each other player. So those two cards we just looked at deal four damage to a hero for the player guarding Gollum, uh, raise a threat by eight for the person guarding Gollum. That goes for everybody. Two player, three player, four player. All players will have that. So be very careful if you're playing multiplayer <laughs> about the dry water course. Make sure you're able to cancel treacheries and stuff. Otherwise, you get one of those and that could decimate two, three players, whatever. Yeah. So so that's you know a little bit of... Um, uh, you know, it's just, it's dynamics just between the cards there. Yeah, <laughs> it's just horrendous. The whole thing. Um, okay, well, we have what we have one more treachery, at, um, which we'll quickly look at now. We're seeing we're doing the treacheries now, and that is wasted provisions. And this is from your flying provisions. Yeah. <laughs> so Gollum. I mean, the thing is, I love the theme of all these treacheries. I love that it's all based around Gollum kicking up a fuss. Being a well, just being a villain and causing so much noise that it increases your threat, it's making you lose stuff. It's so thematic, I think it's absolutely beautiful. I mean, I hate it, hate it, hate it, but I love it. Yeah, exactly. That's why we love this game. Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> it's so good. So, wasted provisions. What has he done now? It says, when revealed, oh, it's a tantrum. <laughs> when revealed. Discard the top 10 cards from the deck of the player guarding Gollum. That player must choose a new player to guard Gollum if able. Now, I have a love-hate relationship with Wasted Provisions because obviously, I mean, I only have 50 cards in my deck. I know this doesn't affect you. But um, 10 cards out of my deck normally would be absolutely horrendous. And I do think it is horrendous in general. However, I was playing a Spirit Law deck, as I, as I mentioned, and I found that you could actually use this to your benefit, but you do have to have a little bit of luck on your side. Um, that I had uh, Dwarven Tomb in my deck, and Dwarven Tomb allows you to get Spirit Cards out of your discard pile. And, of course, you have Threat Reduction in the form of Gladrium's Greeting, things like that, in your Spirit deck. Now, because you have to go super quick through this whole AP, getting Wasted Provisions near the beginning of the game is no bad thing. If, if you have Dwarven Tomb in your hand, or several, hopefully, because if you can get that treachery and discard 10 cards and you've got Dwarven Tomb, you can pick out Gladium's Greeting if it's there, and likely it will be, so you don't have to wait for it. And that actually can be a lifesaver, and that and that's Gollum inadvertently helping us along the way. See, for me, in one player, I didn't mind this card at all, because I was never getting close to getting near you know, through my deck. Of course you weren't. And actually, <laughs> oh, to be honest, although, can I shock you? I used, listener, a 50-card deck. For this oh quest. my god! I it had did. to happen sooner or later. It had to happen, and I'll tell you a story about that in a second. Um, so, this one for me in one player was just logically it didn't seem much of a punishment. It was just changing 
just happened to be you know, however you shuffled your cards yeah. you know if you've got to shuffle your cards again later okay obviously those 10 which are gone you can't get anymore you could be unlucky obviously every time it happened you'd lose a sneak attack and a gandalf or you know <laughs> standard fare sometimes a couple or three uh, but but uh, you know it's like six of six of the ten, of the ten cards with sneak attacks and gandalf uh, but uh but generally i mean Who's to say whether the first ten or the ten after that are going to be of benefit to you or not? You know, so so to me, it didn't bother me too much, and I'd much rather see this than see any of the others, any oh, of the other two. You know, I mean, sure. by a mile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so yeah, I wasn't too bothered about this card. Uh, I, I'm. It's probably me missing something, no, to be no, honest. No, 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 but no. I, it didn't really affect me too much. I must admit. No, I, I understand, because especially because you have to go so quickly. So you aren't going to get through your deck. Although I was playing with Bilbo, so and I you know, I often build my decks around card draw. So That's I true, was yeah. getting a lot of cards in my hand. But because I had built around getting cards out of my discard with um, Dwarven Tomb and also Stand and Fight... I was able to I wasn't I didn't didn't bother me get the cards in the discard let me actually look at them and get the cards I needed so I could really treat it as a uh, I could really turn it around and treat it as a positive. Yeah. Yeah, I I used Dwarven Tomb in my in my deck to as well purely to get things well to get Gladium's greeting basically. Yeah, and also once you've used it, once you've used Gladium's greeting, Dwarven Tomb it back into your hand, use it immediately again. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for exactly. sure. That, that was that was the plan. Um, okay, so they're the treacheries. I guess it, there are some other nasty treacheries as well that we've seen before, like um, Eyes of the Forest, which makes you discard all of your events, or Ugh. Despair, which removes four progress tokens. To be honest, I guess that one's really comes into effect more on that first quest card, yeah, doesn't it? Yeah, you know, more sure. than anything else when you've got to get through the 12. Uh, but the other one is uh, one I've always really disliked, which is Caught in a Web. Oh my god! I just, yeah. I, I just not a fan of that card. It's just so annoying. Yeah, well, caught in a web. I mean, I, I, the first time I played this, uh, this return to Mirkwood, uh, that was the first card I drew off the deck. So immediately, yes, I, I remember you. T- <laughs> you sent me the picture of that. Here we go. First game <laughs> like, in a while. <laughs> on, let's, uh, let's play this. I haven't played this for a while. Let's see what's the first card. Oh, caught in a web. Great. Um, so, well, but actually, I did get around it quite nicely because a lot of people would just uh, swipe the table and start again. I don't like to do that. I like to always no. see if there is a way out. Exactly. Uh, so that went on to Bilbo, and actually, I drew out of my hand with my uh, first two cards off of my deck. I got a fast hitch, so I managed to put that onto Bilbo. So basically, I could just ready him with a fast hitch every round, and uh, caught in the web didn't bother me. So. Let that be a lesson. Never give up. There is usually a way out, unless yeah. there isn't. You can get like an unexpected courage or something like this, you know. Yeah. Whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely agree. If you get Atacop Atacop first off. Yeah, you're in trouble. That might be a bit of a different story. <laughs> However, still worth playing out because they're going to take love. No, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so that was card 3B. Well, was there anything else you want to say on Treachery? No, no, I no. no. I don't, I don't want to I don't want to revisit them. <laughs> so... Yeah, so free B. So just reiterate that was the player guarding golem cannot play cards from his hand. Oh, that's right. Oh my god, what a nightmare. So, so yeah, when you're playing two player though, that became really interesting. Yeah. Now, before we talk about that, shall we just go on to the last quest card? Sure. Because I think there is a bit of a linkage there. So, the last quest card is quest card four called Ambush. So four A reads: 
As you make the final push to Thranduil's palace, your enemies make a desperate attempt to ambush your party and seize Gollum for themselves. Get your own Gollum. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, And 4B, when you flip it over, you see straight away that you only require two to get through here. Forced, at the beginning of the combat phase, all enemies in play engage the player guarding Gollum. Yeah. Players cannot defeat the stage if there are enemies in play. If players defeat the stage, they have won the game. Okay. So, the reason just sort of held fire about that two-player discussion from the previous card is... So, the previous one was the player guarding Gollum cannot play cards from his hand. Yep. But what's going to happen is, as soon as you get through that, all of the enemies at the beginning of the combat phase are going to come to the player guarding Gollum. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, that, and each combat phase you go around as well. So you have to be really aware about who's guarding Gollum and planning that out. So I think when we were successful playing it two-player, we actually managed that piece of it really well yeah, on that yeah. particular go. And that really helped, didn't it? Because I, I was in a position where I could handle for fighting, essentially, and you're in a position where you could... Um, just about get over the quest even though i think you'd lost a hero by that yeah, point i think i'd lost a hero and we did have a few locations in the staging area but yeah your deck was much more geared towards fighting than mine um i mean when i played solo i've been quite lucky in this on this um on the, when i've got to quest card four i've always won uh, but i've only got to quest card four solo i think twice but um <laughs> you you know it's coming and because there aren't that many progress tokens needed on that quest, you can, at that point, I always find when you have to defeat a lot of enemies on that final quest card, it's never really that big a deal because it is at the end of the game. You probably have got your allies out at this point. You've got someone you could sacrifice in a defensive necessary, and then you can just pile everyone onto the enemies that you've got. But on this particular quest, on the previous card, you can't play any cards from your hand. No, yes. So you have to really prepare, yeah. Yeah, the whole second half of this quest, yeah, exactly. You've got to get them out early or then suddenly at the end. Um, But there will be a combat phase straight away, of course, when you get to that. um, And actually, that's very interesting because that first quest card, of course, there are no special prerequisites. You just have to quest through it. But it's 12 progress tokens, which is actually a lot in this quest. So you do have a bit of time to build up your forces. But of course, you don't have any time because your threat's going up by four every round. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Um, Which I think is where it really differs when it's between solo and two player or three player. Um, where you can manage your threat a bit more, well, a lot more when you get into multiplayer. You can bounce Gollum around where necessary. I mean, yes, you do have locations which are stopping you from doing that. You do have treacheries which force you to move Gollum around. But in general, at the end of each round, you can get Gollum away from you if necessary and allow yourself a bit of breathing room to lower your threat or whatever it is you need to do. In solo... Oh, good luck to you. You just have to rush. Rush, 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 rush. Yeah. You know what? And cancel. <laughs> rush and cancel. <laughs> when I when I um I hadn't played the game for for a little while when I came when we came back to this quest. Nice quest to come back to. It, well, yes. <laughs> and I had a deck of 50 cards. Yeah. Okay. And my heroes were Aragorn, 
Eowyn and Prince Imrahil. Yeah. And I thought that was a neat... Well, to be honest, it was just based on the deck I'd beat it with the first time around, which I'd made a note of, saved it on RingsDB. I made a couple of tweaks and chucked it in there. And I completed this in five rounds. Well, well, when you win, you win quickly. Yeah. Let's face it, you have to. But it was my... I thought, well, that was easy. (laughs) Easy quest. I must have absolutely nailed my deck selection and i've kind of massaged it very just tweaked it slightly oh yeah perfect this is yeah, easy you, you've mastered the game now i played it again and i won in six rounds and i played it again and i won in six rounds again impressive and that's all i did that first half i've won i've won this three times this is easy i've nailed this no problem and then i played it again a few days after well let's you know I'll use the same deck just for my first go, just to prove the point, and then yeah. maybe I'll try a different deck, you know. Yeah. And I got absolutely annihilated <laughs> on that go. Then I beat it just. Then I got annihilated another couple of times, or I think three more times. So I got to the point where it was I'd won four and lost four. Yeah. After having sailed through it initially, and then I kind of thought, and it may have been just happened to be the deck which I'd put together. Mm. But what I was finding was it was kind of depending on what I was drawing early from the deck. So if I was getting... So so that first time I won it in five goes, I basically... I think I got one enemy in the whole yeah. thing. Yeah. I got a couple of locations which I could kind of get through. I think I got a treachery which wasn't didn't treat me too badly or whatever it was. I had a Galadrim's greeting or two in my hand, whatever it was. I managed to reduce my friend. I only need to do it once, I think, to win the game. But then when I got annihilated, it's when I got an enemy or two out early. And they didn't always have to be the strongest enemies. No. But if the enemies come early, I think this becomes a real challenge, yeah. This, yeah. this this quest. Um, and I'm only talking from my experience of playing a leadership and, and spirit deck. Um, yeah, it was, it was really interesting to see that. And I think when we played it two-player... Even though the experience was completely different and we saw way more dynamics coming in, I think there's still an element of truth to that as well. Yeah. Like if you got bad things come out early, like that time we, that you, you know, you were in charge of drawing out the. Um, <laughs> it's the first time you. Whenever we've played two player before, I've been the one kind of controlling the game, and you've been the one kind of you know um, mimicking what what I'm yeah, doing yeah, at yeah. your end. Yeah. And because I was new to the game and I was learning, that was a really good way to do it. I think now we're at a point where you can spread it around. Yeah. And then the first couple of games that we had two-player, you drew the worst possible. <laughs> first one, Atacop Atacop. <laughs> I don't know why we didn't quit. We had, what was it? Because you drew Atacop Atacop um, and something else really nasty as our first two cards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At yeah. the beginning, at the setup. And then when we quested, you got another Atacop Atacop. Yeah. <laughs> it was like... We still played it through. It took us like two hours. Yes. It took us about two hours yes. to not win. Yeah, yeah. Which we knew we weren't going to. And we still <laughs> managed to get the third Atacop Atacop. I played the majority of that game with one hero. Yes, you did. <laughs> it was an Eowyn. Was it Eowyn? Yeah, Eowyn. We had to keep Eowyn alive. Because your deck was Eowyn. Yeah, my deck was Eowyn, Bilbo and Denethor. And that was the same deck I was using when I was playing solo. And actually, Denethor is a real hero in this deck. When I was playing yeah. solo, Denethor, if you you just got to you keep him ready, 
And if anything nasty comes out, you can defend with him because he's a great defender. But if you don't have to defend, you just exhaust him at the end of the round to see what the next card coming off the encounter deck is. And what I was doing is like, if it was anything nasty, anything that I didn't want to face, Atacop, Atacop, the Hill Troll, Ungoliant Spawn, and then sometimes some of these treacheries and locations as well, I would just chuck them straight to the bottom of the deck. Um, I got an unexpected courage on him. And I was just doing it twice. You know, if I didn't like it, it was going to the bottom of the deck. I would ready him and I would look again and hopefully I'd be okay. So I'd know what was coming. But if it was nasty again, straight to the bottom of the deck. And then complete control of the encounter deck like that really just allowed me... that when I, when I won the game, it was by completely controlling the encounter deck. I did have a couple of... I mean, I won't go through my entire deck at all, because, but basically it was a spirit lore deck, so I had very little fighting in there at all. So I was really trying to avoid those enemies. Um, so that's why Denethor, just chuck them away, get rid of them. Um, but there are a couple of interesting things, which is more for people who are interested in, in like some nuances. And one of them, like I said, right back when you were reading from the insert there, that it mentions that Gollum is treated as a character and you can play attachments on him. I thought I was being super clever and smart about this, but apparently it's just written in the rules. Um, but I played out um, self-preservation onto Gollum. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. So then I was just taking, when I knew that he could survive it, I was just taking undefended attacks and that damage was going onto Gollum and then I'd just use self-preservation to heal him. Because it well, doesn't that, happen that, that often. That heals three, does it? Heals two. Heals two, two but it, you could just use it over and over and over again. Yeah. You know, or yeah. once per round, of course. Um, so that was, I thought I was being super smart about that. But then one other time when I think I am being super smart, but I didn't actually do it. So classic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll put out our bucket of great ideas we had, which we never implemented. <laughs> exactly. Radagast. Now, Radagast. You can use his resources oh, yes. to heal creatures. That's right. And what is Gollum? Yeah, a creature. It is. <laughs> it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that, that's. But then I think it's not as brilliant an idea as I'd like to as, as I'm as I'm presenting because to get the five resources to get Radagast out, yeah. it's nigh on impossible actually. And oh, actually, and that leads me on to you. You mentioned earlier that the um, Northern Tracker costs four. Northern Tracker, Lauren? No, Northern Tracker costs Northern four. Northern Tracker is four. Yeah, yeah. Northern Tracker costs four, and therefore it's quite hard to get out. Even in your deck, which had um, leadership in as well, yeah. um, which means that you could obviously play Steward of Gondor onto your uh, onto your spirit hero and, and generate more resource. But I used another four cost ally. Elf Helm. Now, I don't know if you remember this from a couple of episodes ago when we were talking about the Rohan allies. Now, Elf Helm is a Rohan ally, and I, I don't have the card in front of me, but essentially, when he is ready, if there's any encounter cards or quest cards that increase your threat, you can then lower your threat by one. Now, even though Gollum, the creature Gollum, <laughs> is is acts as an ally under your control he is still an encounter card he still has that dirty eye of sauron on the back of him he is still an encounter card he is taken out of the encounter deck on quest card 1a search the encounter deck for Gollum. he is an encounter card 
So therefore, Gollum's forced effect of raising your threat by three each uh, at the end of each round counts for Elfhelm's response. So if you can get Elfhelm out, he costs four. So again, you've got to save up for him, which is not always possible. He means your threat only goes up by three each time if you're playing solo. And that, on the few times I got Elfhelm out, was absolutely key. It's amazing the difference that one reduction comes down. Oh, and also an interesting thing about that is that Elfhelm states that when he's ready, you can do this response. And during the uh, the the refresh phase, the end phase, the refresh phase, during the during the uh, (laughs) during the refresh phase of uh, of the round, uh, the order of play is that you ready all your allies and heroes, then raise your threat, and then of course all your force effects happen. So actually the first thing that happens is that all your allies become ready. So you can use Elfhelm throughout the course of the round, do what you like with him, quest with him, fight with him, defend with him, doesn't matter. By the time you raise your threat because of Gollum's forced effect, he's ready and you'll only raise it by three. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's... But just as a caveat, I mean, this is very, very niche. If you happen to be on um, a threat of 46, you would still lose the game. Because your threat would go up. Oh no, but would you? No, because your threat goes up by one at the end of the round and two for Gollum. No, three for Gollum. Yeah, so yeah, it would go... because of Elfhelm. It goes up and then you reduce it. Surely all at the same time. No, no, well, yeah, but surely at the same time for increasing, but Elfhelm... No, no, overall. It says you reduce it by one. Every time your threat is increased, you can reduce it back down by one. Oh, I'd have to find the card to be specific. Well, but, okay. So well, if you happen to be on 46, okay. Yeah, it's incredibly niche. Yeah. But it could be important. It could be important. It could be important. But just bear that in mind. Yeah. But yeah, if you can get him out, that is well, my, that's my hot tip. But it's, but yeah, absolutely. And when we did defeat, uh, well, we, we used the same decks to play the two player. Obviously, we both had Eowyn. So I replaced Eowyn with Dunhir, yeah. who was one of two spirit choices uh, a lot also oh, free spirit choices up to that point in the in the cycle which was the others being eleanor who can get rid of when revealed effects but then replaces with another so it yeah. didn't seem and the other one was frodo and what frodo can do is if you get damage on frodo you can increase your threat <laughs> so that Perfect. didn't seem, that didn't seem <laughs> ideal for this one <laughs> so Dunhir here was the guy who actually proved to be really useful um oh yeah because he could take out enemies in the staging area uh, and we used that quite a bit. And actually, what we found was, playing two-player, uh, we were able to use that dynamic of moving Gollum really pretty well to our advantage. Yeah. And it, it wasn't the mad rush that it is in one player. No, absolutely not. It's, yeah, one player, you just have to plow through it. If yeah, you do and keep not, your fingers crossed for the yeah, cards. Yeah, if you do not beat this game within four or five rounds, you're probably not going to beat it. But well, in two-player... You player, do well in four rounds. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's very true. That is very true. Um, but in two-player, you can definitely take a bit more time. You can be a bit more tactical about how you're bouncing yeah. Gollum around. And you have time to get those here. So like we said earlier, uh, we got Tracker out and Alorian Guide. Yeah, they were just unbelievably useful, as yeah. was Elfhelm. You got Elfhelm out. At the time we defeated it, we had Elfhelm sitting there, reducing the threat. So you held on to Gollum an awful lot more than I did. Yeah. Where we managed it all like that. We were using the tracker yeah. to um, 
uh, to get through those locations. Uh, we're using Snowborn Scouts to defend, and that was really useful because I could use Aragorn's ability to refresh by after, so I could quest him, pay the resource, he was ready. Yeah. Also had some unexpected courage in the deck too. Um, Prince Imrahil, after a character leaves play, he readies once around. So where we had something like Atacop, Atacop, he would we defend. I'd take him. So on that time, you know, get, if we can get Gollum across to me, or we maybe we've seen it because we've used Denifor, whatever it was. It was a really nice dynamic, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. And then you, I'd get Gollum. Atacop would come to me, sacrifice a Snowborn Scout, but that would ready Imrahil. Aragorn would ready, and so suddenly you're attacking with six just with those two. So if you've got one or two other guys there, you can pretty much get rid of Atacop or in one or two rounds. Yeah. Uh, so so it's actually um, we were, yeah it enabled us to manage that whole scenario really well. It took a while, but it was I really enjoyed that game. It was a real challenge, yeah. and it was and it, it was really thematic at the same time, just from a game perspective, being really fun. Having said that, when it did go badly, we got absolutely whooped and crushed. <laughs> so so we still saw both sides of it. Yeah. Oh, it must be it was it was really satisfying to get a victory in two player, I'd say, in, in this quest. Probably more than any of the other ones we've done. I think so. I I, I absolutely had a ball of it. And I, I yeah. well I had a, I, I, I Yeah, I enjoyed it one player too. Yeah, I, I did enjoy it one player, but two player came to its own, didn't it? But I think in one player it really has to work. You can have a deck which is geared towards beating this quest, but it can still fail, as you've found out and as I found out. My my deck will beat this quest, but not every time. You you've got to be have the luck of the draw. You it is very, very tough and things have to go your way. And in two player, I think you can have a lot more control over what's happening. So you don't necessarily have to have the exact deck for beating it you can yeah. have two pretty good decks and work out a way to beat it what was really cool about the two-player ones we had a hell of a lot more of those situations where we try something that came off and it was great and also had some oh we should have done this yeah if only we'd done that that came up a lot as well which i also love and yeah, uh, yeah. It helps you learn helps helps you learn and, and think about things for the next time you play yeah and also when when you should have taken a risk on something when you shouldn't and uh yeah it was yeah i thought it really came into the same yeah you know, we've played we've played quite a few of them. Well, I say quite a few. We've probably played what five or six different quests to play. We've probably played most of them, I'd say, at some point. Yeah. Two player, obviously, the um, Dolgaldur is the one that really you got to play two player. Just, right. I, well, I, I know there will be people who've done it one player, but well, Dolgaldur, I feel like you have to play two player in order to beat it. This one, you don't have to play two player, no, but yeah. I think this one, the experience is enhanced by playing it yeah. two player. Yeah. Uh, yes, agreed. So, yeah, exactly. So Doggled uh, was still enjoyable one player, but just really hard. I actually wow. did defeat it one player, but it was not using cards in the cycle. <laughs> I had to put together some really... Sp- oh, yeah, that's a story for another day. Um, but uh, yeah, so I, when it comes to rating difficulty of this quest, seven might be kind of right, because I think when I was playing one player, like I said earlier, really I was at the mercy of the card draw. Sometimes mm. it was easy, and other times it was impossible. So how do you gauge it? There was only a couple of times where it was kind of tight. Um, Two-player, I'd say seven, eight, something like that. Maybe yeah, seven. I, Seven's I probably think, right, I'd say. I think it's about right. I think it is a really tough quest, but in an enjoyable way. I think there are yeah. some brutal enemies in here, but they're kind of hilariously brutal yeah. that you have to really think about how to get through. Because what's also interesting, with 
quests which have brutal enemies, you tend to immediately go, well, we better get some tactics guys in here. We better soup up Gimli and take out these guys. But neither of us played tactics. And right. actually, I think tactics is probably the absolutely the wrong choice to play for this uh, certainly solo you yes, i don't think solo. you'd have i don't think you'd have a hope with tactics you just do not have the questing power to get through it and the enemies don't destroying the enemies is not going to help you get through this quest solo tactics do not fare well in mirkwood it seems <laughs> because when you play the very first quest yeah, yeah. Uh, i started off with tactics i think and i couldn't defeat the thing so way back in podcast number one, two, one, three, whatever it was, uh, <laughs> talking about that, yeah, couldn't couldn't beat no. it. But then you do a leadership, and suddenly you're kind of oh, okay. Yeah. This is kind of working, you know. Uh, and then you start doing the combos. I would probably think if you had a two-player thing going on, you probably could get away with at least like a two tactics oh, yeah. hero deck or something like that. In one yeah, player. no, but I think one if you're playing players. two player, one of us could have easily had tactics in the yeah, deck. Yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. I think if you could actually play with all four spheres with this particular quest, you'd be golden. So if I had... Actually, that probably does does work actually because I had two leadership and one spirit and spirit was done here. Yeah. And so done here wasn't... He wasn't questing an awful lot. Really? Because the only quest for what? Dune here was great, actually, though, for those those, um, older enemies. Yes, because you just take them out. Taking them out in the the staging. Um, The uh, Hummerhorns are up there. And the Goblin Sniper. And the Sniper. He was really useful on the Sniper because that guy can really stitch you up. Yeah, yeah. Um, But yeah, again, though, I think having the Spirit cards there was just so Cancellation, cancellation, cancellation. If I, you know... There was very rarely a time when we played two-player that neither of us didn't have a test of will in our hand. Yeah. Because we had six between us, you know? I'm I'm sure there are other ways to do it. And I'm sure there'll be people listening to this who go, oh, I've done this through a, you know, a a tactics and law deck or something like that. You you know, I bet there are. It's just, it'd be interesting to see. Um, Yeah, maybe some more experiment. And and to be honest, I wouldn't mind experimenting more of this particular quest. It's a really enjoyable one. It's a. It's not a really unruly one. It's quite yeah. a focused kind of quest. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's it is focused. It's. I think it's a beautifully thematic quest. I love how it ties up the uh, the cycle. I really enjoy going back to Mirkwood. As much as the spiders give us grief, I love just the yeah. the imagery. I love the idea that we're going through Mirkwood and the spiders are coming for us. And it, the fact that it ties it back into that very first quest, which. You know, you'd have to be pretty cold to not have a fond place in your heart for the very first quest you play in this game. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. I think it's got a big thumbs up from the pair of yeah, us as well. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> All right. Well, okay. I think we have uh, probably discussed it enough, but yeah, I'd absolutely be up for playing it again, two player with uh, with some different decks just to see what happens. But um, for now, I think it's time we sort of wrap this up. Yeah. Unless you have anything else to add? No, I think we're good. That's the end of the cycle. Oh yeah, very exciting. It is. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Well, th- th- that's very true. So, actually, we need to go away and think about how we're going to um, approach the first deluxe box. But that is certainly um, some exciting times. So, yeah, I'm going to look forward to it. Um, okay. Well, we're going to wrap this up. But if you would like to get in touch with us, I mean, maybe to discuss escape tests or anything you'd like, there are several no, ways. No. <laughs> There are several ways you can get in contact with us. Um, you can get in contact with us directly via email at uh, laterthenrings at gmail.com. You can contact us via Twitter, which is at laterthenrings. 
And we have the Board Game Geek thread, which, as ever, there'll be a link to in the show notes. With that, all it leaves me to say is thanks once again for listening. Um, Thank you for sticking with us throughout the uh, first cycle. And until next time, take care out there and goodbye. Bye.